Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? As always, I am Dale in here with two, I mean, just two brand new friends. I mean, we're not new friends, but they're Love new it. on the show, friends, something like that. Anyway, I got Michael and Joe from Pound the Lines podcast. Um, they're OG listeners of the punch list. Um, I guess OG listeners of the punch list. Yeah, I guess that's the best way to say that. And then as such, have been divinely inspired to pursue this MMA handicapping podcast space themselves i like to think i had maybe a small hand in that if nothing else but here they are i wanted to it's it's been a long time coming gentlemen thank you so much for coming on the show how are you thanks for having us like uh like you said this is actually the first podcast i ever listened to when it came to ufc and ufc gambling uh you got us into the space and we thought, hey, if Dale can do it, we can do it. Yes. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for having us on the show. We're, we are definitely huge fans. This is a, this is a great moment for us. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate the I'm, – I'm humbled hearing you say it, man. Yeah. I know it was a little slight jab at you, but, <laughs> but I, I'm happy to be here. Um, Michael is up my ass when we first started, like, getting the UFC. He's like, got to listen to Punch List, got to listen to Punch List, be driving – all around that's what i'd be listening to in the car so it's really cool to be here um and just talking i mean what's better than talking ufc and, and betting i mean betting is the best thing in the world right yeah yeah i had a uh <laughs> had a, i had a long time uh listener and supporter of the show we were sort of we were, we were chopping it up this week he always hits me with some off the wall um stuff and i've always i try to give him credit where credit's due um guy by the name of brian but anyway i was asking him you know we were sort of talking about what punch list is and his his answer was is 5,000 DGENs working for the weekend where they bet this month's mortgage on the misfortune of meatheads playing punch face. And I was like, you know Love what, it. man? That's, I mean, it's a, it's a little much for a shirt, but dude, I essentially feel like that. You like, you really encapsulated what the show is or encapsulated rather. Wow. That, that needs to be a song of some kind. I don't know what kind of music you can put behind it, but he's got some lyrics right there. I, know, I mean, that's man. a banner or something, maybe like a background banner that you can just slap on the screen there. I'm thinking I'm going to change the, um, the the iTunes header like when you can put like you can describe oh. your your i uh, your podcast on iTunes I think that's what I'm gonna switch it over to so yeah so shout, shout out to Brian I appreciate you man 
Uh, but yeah, so guys, you're here now. Um, we're doing something a little bit funky, right? So if you're anybody that's listening to this audio between now and the 15th, right? October yeah. 15th, we're recording a week early for the Alexa Grosso Vivian Arajal uh, contest that's going to take place Saturday, October 15th at the Apex. Uh, and the reason why we're doing that is I'm going on vacation next week. So, you know, you guys were gracious enough to get in here. We're, we're on some early lines. So the, the the asterisk in all of this, the the nonverbal or the verbal asterisk, if you will, is that the lines, as we say, them may change by the time you get to bet them. So I don't want any messages to me or Joe or Mike about how I can't find it at that price. We're recording on the fourth. So <laughs> shut up. So <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like they need to listen to the podcast right away so they can, like take, take take value on uh, on the lines. That's true. You're on the yeah. opening value is like that's where it's at. You're betting closing line value. You're not getting you're not getting anything worth your while. So that's true. It's a nice little learning learning lesson. Actually, I'm the only I'm not, and I'm not to be that guy, right? Because I know we're just starting out. But <laughs> but had two women's science plays hit last week because of late line movement where Chelsea Chandler. Yep. When we recorded, was at a pick'em and then closed at a plus one thirty, and then that put her over on Julia Stoliarenko. Who, let's be honest here, Julia's oh, not. She's not good. She's not a UFC uh, fighter. That's no, just she's not. No, she's not. She's not. She's a. Um, it's not even an original thought, but I love the comparisons of like her being like a wish.com Ronda Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, I like that. In like both looks and fighting style, you know, it comes out terrible hands, only has an arm bar. <laughs> That's really kind she looked of like it. she had black eyes going into the fight when they panned to her no, in the cage. It looked no. like she was already beaten up. You know, it's that Eastern Bloc European bloodline. You know what I mean? If you're not getting all your vitamins and nutrients, you start <laughs> to look like you're you're getting you're, you're getting real sallow real fast. So, yeah, I I, I hate it for her. Um, but look, man, she's going to go to the PFL and give Aspen Ladd a hell of a time. I think. If PFL is willing to let Aspen Ladd ignore the scale, Aspen Ladd is going to be holding multiple belts. Because that girl cannot make weight. She was like Joe in high school. No matter what he said he weighed, you got to pack on 10 pounds more. That's what he actually weighed. Wow. If you look at my driver's license photo, I promise you they were at least 15, 20 pounds lighter than what I actually was. So I, could, <laughs> I can't I can't fight that. Cannot and fight two it. inches taller than he actually said he was too. No. Listen, oh, yeah. any place you can add two inches is always a win, man. So go <laughs> ahead. You can be just wherever. Wherever. They are only they're only asking for the driver's license. So you know what I mean? Pack it on where you can, man. No judgment, here. no judgment here. But I think Aspen Ladd to the PFL makes sense. I mean, that's really the only place that has a 155-pound women's division. So let her go in there and get ragged all by um Kayla Harrison and that Pacheco chick. Loosely yeah, using that. They're gonna try to market Aspen Ladd as as a wrestler that's finally up to Kayla Harrison's level, and she's just not. <laughs> Aspen Ladd only wrestled at the UFC level because she was stronger. She's going mm-hmm. up 10 pounds. She's not going to be stronger. Even if she can match the strength, Ka- Kayla Harrison's a damn beast. Yeah. I, that girl could wrestle a grizzly bear and win. Aspen Ladd's going to get dropped on her head. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. I, I'm concerned with Aspen because Aspen reminds me of like a – sounds. I'm going to sound like a real jerk here for a second. Aspen Ladd's like a Hannah Cyphers. Where, yes, where it's like there's a level of like, I'm not, sh- I know the lights are on, but I'm not how, I'm not sure how bright they are. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, if something's really wrong or you're not feeling a certain th- type of way, like, 
how are you ever going to let somebody know? Like, can you communicate? Do we need like a color code system? Do we need one of those mats like they teach the dogs where you press the button, you know, to let me know how you're feeling? Like, I, I, I don't, Aspen Lab makes me nervous, man. Yeah, I, I don't blame you there. there, there she said, go ahead, Joe. I was say, she has that death stare when she stands in the octagon. I'm going to refer to that again. Like, you watch her stand when when Bruce Buffer's announcing her. She just has it like that, those dead eyes and she just like doesn't move and, it either inspires confidence when you're betting on her because she must be a, like a psycho killer or she is completely zoned out and out of it, which is the most terrifying thing you can do when you're um, betting women's MMA. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to get a read on chicks like her, her and um, Carolina Kolakavitz always freak me out because they both just stand there and they're like, honey, you know, you're about to get into a fist fight, right? <laughs> and they just stand there. Carlos Barza does the same thing. They just yeah. stand there. like You see dudes, they get up. They're, they're they're doing this number and they're pacing back and forth. The chicks just stand there like. Well, that's because Carlos Barza doesn't get into a fist fight. She gets into mm. a wrestling match. You could give her a pillow and it could be a pillow fight, and there'd still be less contact than in a real fist fight. That's true. That's true. That's true. How hard do you think it is to decide on where to eat dinner with Aspen Lab? <laughs> <laughs> Depends. How good of a poker player are you? Can you read those micro expressions? <laughs> You'd be, Love that. You would have to like you'd have to like mind judo her. You'd have to be like Aspen, Aspen, we're going to your favorite restaurant. And once you huh? And once you Chick-fil-A, be like, yeah, honey, that's where we're going. And then you just take her. That's the one. Yeah, you just don't don't even don't even ask her if she wants to go. Just let her decide it for you because there's no way you're gonna be able to tell. Same thing when you're talking to a dog. Do you want to go for a walk? All of a sudden, boom, the idea's in their head. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So instead of just making this the Aspen Lad torture tour. Um, I, we had fights last weekend, right? That, that was the thing that happened, uh, if I can remember correctly. What what event did we just have that, that is escaping is me currently? Vegas 61? Oh, we had, yeah, it was 61. So we had, uh, let's see here. Let me go back. Let me go back in time here. Oh, yeah, we were just talking about her before we got started. Mackenzie Dern versus Yan Jianan. Uh, two women's science plays hit. We had Chelsea Chandler knocking over um, uh, Stoliarenko, like we said, and then Jan Janon knocked off Mackenzie Dern. Women's science for the win. Gentlemen, any takeaways from that event? What was your what was your standout moment? What was a good takeaway for you? Uh, any fight, any fight will do. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll start here. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to look at the Jocko Brennan Allen fight. I think. Jocko is exactly who we know he is to be. Um, someone that's a point fighter, not extremely powerful on the feet. If he can't defend the takedown, he's going to lose. But if he can defend it, he can point fighters with a victory. Meanwhile, Brendan Allen continues to be inconsistent. He looked like a barn burner. So I think you need to throw caution to the wind in both regards. Jocko looked very poor. Not sure if he's done. Brendan Allen looked spectacular. But you need to pump the brakes. That Look at that future line value. He's probably going to be inflated. So that's one that sticks out. The other one that sticks out before I pass over to Michael is Yan Jingan fighting a great fight against Mackenzie Dern. She, I thought she was going to be a fish out of the water when it hit the mat. I thought she was going to do a better job of defending the takedown. But when it hit the mat, she defended multiple, multiple submission attempts. And that was quite impressive. Bringing her striking in that gym um, with good wrestling, I, I, I think she reinserted herself into that title contention um, conversation and not just contending, but potentially winning um, in probably the best division for uh, women's MMA knowing Valentina is just the goat. 
of the, of the flyweight. Just here, and then there's everybody else just having a great time competing <laughs> exactly. against one another. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the the Mike Davis and Slava Claus fight stood out to me. I mean, Slava Claus is super slow and unathletic, but man, does the dude kickbox like an ultimate technician. He just forgot that MMA also includes wrestling, and he might want to practice that a bit. If I'm not mistaken, he's at Team yeah. Alpha Male, which I don't want to throw too much shade on the channel about Team Alpha Male. I know they can come bite me in the backside. Uh, but clearly, they're not teaching that kid how to wrestle too well. But I love what I saw to Mike Davis. The, uh, the Mike Davis criticism has always been, are you willing to fight a smart fight? We know you have every skill in, that you need, but can you actually not go out there and just brawl? And he finally showed now back-to-back fights. We have evidence he's willing to fight smart. Mike Davis is someone we're going to get some juicy value on in the next couple of fights. People are going to be afraid of him going out there and doing something stupid. I'm trusting the fight IQ and the coaching that got him right. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I, I tweeted during the event that Slava is the only person that doesn't show up to wrestling practice at Team Alpha Mix. <laughs> I, mean, that was I, I, I just look you had this is i feel like the read on that fight was correct so i went in my person like so personally i went with that fight under two and a half mm. and it what's crazy is i only made one inside the distance play the entire night and i made that one which was one of three decisions everything else was inside the distance so i'm a little salty about it but the reason why i went that way and i still feel like i'm on the right side of it is because of you have to bet on what you've seen past precedent when it comes to fighters. And Mike Davis, barn burner, low IQ, high muscle mass, swing for the fences, going up against Slava Claus, who is world champion kickboxer. And I thought to myself, this is a recipe for a fight to end and a finish. Sure. I just I, I just see that happening. And of course, Mike Davis got a little bit smarter and he goes, Mark DeCasey uh, is, you know, kickboxer and he just went out and as a kickboxer was able to just hold Slava down for 15 minutes why should I do anything different than that came out there and I'm not going to say it was like the most high fight IQ ever but he definitely realized his path to victory and and just drove the car down the road he stayed between the lines and did exactly what he needed to do to win the fight and Slava has no plan b whatsoever like none I mean I I Going forward, if that guy stays on the roster, if he fights anybody that averages one or more takedowns per mm-hmm. fight, I'm not betting on him. They've got to put him up against somebody that averages less than one takedown per fight, or I won't play him. I oh, can't do it. Slava's yeah. my favorite guy to bet. These archetypes where you know it's either win or lose with one variable, mm-hmm. that's the kind of three, uh, the, the max unit bet you can make. Yeah. It, it, yeah. That's I, just, win or lose, that's the stuff you can exploit. I do want to point out, too, in that fight, like I, I like that – ideology of it still was the correct play even though it didn't hit and i think a lot of times people um get off the beaten path if they lose a particular bet thinking that their philosophy is wrong i agree with you i think i mean if you told me the data points on both mike davis and um borshev i would say go under that two and a half every single time just because it didn't hit does not mean make it the wrong play i think that's an important note especially when betting this card where it's which is I mean, it, there's some tricky lines out there, but you got to follow what you know and and follow the the methodology that you think is correct. Um, whether it pans out or not, you got you got to stick to stick to what you know and trust the long process. So I think that's a good point um, that you would still do it. Yeah. So two other quick notes on this on this fight. One, or not this fight rather, but this card. Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it now. I'm and I I'm gonna 
allegedly, I'm putting air quotes allegedly on this because I'm not about that libel life, okay, or slander life. The um, the Charles Oliveira camp got something going on. Those yeah. boys got something going on. They and do. I, I don't know what it is. Brazilian horse meat, some sort of synthetic. I don't know what's going on, but I'm reminded of these two. And, and again, I'm not, this isn't a bag. You tell me whether or not you know this guy or not. But I'm reminded now, and it took me a while till the, the Castaneda fight to put my finger on it. This Daniel Santos, John Castaneda fight. Shades of Hermes Franca. And if, the, if you don't remember who Hermes Franca was, um, besides being a rapist, Hermes Franca was a dude that fought in the UFC uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s time frame. Brazilian dude, colored hair, right? Would come out with green hair, blue hair, red hair, the whole nine. But anyway, was known for just walking through, right? Like he had a he had a knockout brawl with Sean Shirk, where Sean Shirk was literally like hitting him the way Luke Rockhold was hitting Paulo Costa. And then like would look at him like, dude, why haven't you fallen down yet? What is going on? Why can't you do it? Well, it turns out that Hermes Franca had, had his hands on some Brazilian bang bang and was juiced to the gills. And that's why his cardio never went away. And his brain was able to function even with like nine out of 10 lights burnout. Um, up until it just couldn't do it anymore. I'm not I'm not accusing Charles Oliveira. I'm not accusing Daniel Santos of using steroids. I'm not accusing them that. I'm saying it's very weird that all of a sudden a camp that's not known for good cardio or that's known for not having good cardio, that's known for guys that are having guys that, that will eventually check out of the fight, all of a sudden have a bunch of jacked, no, no body fat fucking killers killers that never get tired that take an innumerable amount of damage and then all of a sudden they just piece it together whenever the 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 opposition just slowly fades away what without a coaching change where did that come from yeah it's it's a very valid question with the coaching change you you have a data point to point to without a coaching change just because you became champion after some heroic comebacks in Oliveira, which Credit to him. I've bet against him now three fights in a row, and the man keeps coming back. Right. Yeah. He, he's hurt the bankroll in by himself. <laughs> but just because you're champion doesn't all of a sudden give you Anthony Smith's Lionheart ability. That, yeah. that That's not what the belt does. It's not like the Thanos uh, gauntlet. It, it's right. not a special sauce. There's got to be something going on, whether it's something legitimate or illegitimate. Something has changed in that camp, and as handicappers, we need to make note of it. When there's a guy coming out of that region in that camp, if there's a cardio, a heart, or an endurance question, we need to remove that question mark until proven otherwise. Yeah, I can, I can get on board with that. And I like I've said before, I think losing's contagious and winning can be contagious too. Yeah. So I'm not opposed to saying it's just the energy in the gym right now, but I, I do wonder, Joe, what, what were you going to say there? I was going to say, like, you can't ignore the fact that something's changed. No, whether it's illegitimate or legitimate that's that's beside the point but there's something going on and you you, you can't bypass that and like you're you're alluding to there it could be just a, a confidence thing um but it's sort of hard pressed when you're looking at the cardio when you look at the chin when you're looking at the ability to withstand damage they could have figured something out they could have figured out a training regimen who knows but something has changed in that gym in that culture around um the Oliveira camp that we cannot ignore like michael's saying we, we can't you cannot look past that now, forecasting to the Oliveira-Islam fight, am I going to be able to um, heed my own words? No. 
because I go <laughs> neckbeards all the way. And I don't care what Conor McGregor has to say, Oliveira is going to win. I don't care what all, a lot of hubbub going around that Oliveira is going to beat Islam. I'm happy, just like the NFL betting. The public can talk. I'll go the opposite of the public. Let me ride neckbeards. Let me ride Habib all the way to the gravy train and get back some of those units that we lost in Oliveira before. Yeah. It's, it's hard to go against a Caucasus Mountain Warrior. It really is. Exactly. I, I, I have a hard time going against it. I'm not opposed to saying that maybe there's no steroids involved. Maybe it's just a, a thing in the camp. But I think we need to maybe take an account, too. Charles Oliveira and camp, they're like in like the deep, dark, favela yeah. level like Brazil. I'm not opposed to saying there's like some Santeria bad mama voodoo juju going on dude i mean you tell yeah. me you're telling me that Oliveira isn't willing to go and see some old lady shamanes yeah right that's what i'm saying so he literally you, you're, you're taking a guy who can't see and is going and getting it in the highest stakes fist fight humanly possible essentially blind and he's winning every time you mean to tell me that he's didn't go see some shaman lady that didn't cut a chicken's throat and splash him with the blood and shit and then he's sleeping with like four bushels of rosemary underneath his bed and all kinds of stuff i'm telling you something's happening there something yeah where, where, where did that power come from i mean now he's cracking like no one's business in, in the lightweight division so i mean he's always had the jiu-jitsu but there's there's something i, I I'm, not, I'm not gonna fight you on that theory right there i mean you know who like, it might be it might be madame zaroni from the holes movie and that's yeah. got to be what it is in the whole book if you want to go to wow. English class. Listen, any anything that somewhat brings the conversation back around to Shia LaBeouf is allowed, and you know that. So you go ahead and you say whatever you want. Very All right, nice. so let's break down some fights for this weekend. As always, I'll start main card, and then I'll we'll work our way back um, to the uh, – let me get these – let me get this the props pulled up here too. We'll work our way back to the prelims. Uh, we, I don't have a lot of prop lines, but we do have over-unders, and I will give shout-outs to books that are carrying the better lines if need be. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's let's get after it here. Let's see here. I got too many, too many windows open, man. Uh, let's see. First fight on the main card, if I'm not mistaken. Are we are we going Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez? Are we is that the first one that you guys are seeing? Not sure if that's the first, but it's definitely gonna be on the main card. Okay. What do you say for the first fight of main card? I got Henry Asunsau as the opening bout of the main card. Okay. Henry and yeah, Asunsau. All right, yeah. cool. Victor Henry at minus 315 taking on Hoffa. Asunsau plus 260 over under on rounds. Is it two and a half? If you're looking for records on these gentlemen, uh, you're looking at Victor Henry. Let's see here. Are we? Hmm. They don't have that listed on the, on the fight card on topology. Uh, Henry's 22 and five professionally. Oh, there he is. Yeah, Sun Sal's 27 and 9. I see it now. Yep. It helps if I can read, not just speak. So, <laughs> anyway, Michael, take us away. What do you take it away? What do you got for this one, man? All right. So, Henry's one of these guys who recency bias is going to be the theme of this betting line and of this fight. Mm. He, he, he's a well schooled fighter. What I mean by that is he's not athletically gifted by any means. He looks mm. like me and Joe when we played sports. We won with fundamentals and we won with technical ability. We sure mm. as hell weren't running faster or jumping higher than anybody. And that's Victor Henry in the octagon. He's smart. He's intelligent. He rarely loses a fight. It's mm. tough to beat him. On the other side of things, Hafia Sunsau, I mean, the guy is what, 70, 85 years old, something like that? He's getting uh, old. <laughs> I was coming in here at 40 years old that is 
old for the UFC, and that is ancient for the Bantamweight division. That is unbelievable. And we all know what Sun Tso at this point. We know exactly who he is. He's a well-rounded veteran. His athleticism is dipping a little bit closer to Henry's level in this fight, which I think is a key for the handicap. And he, But he does still have good knowledge of what's coming at him in a fight. Hmm. I'm personally, to not bury the lead, I am super surprised by this line. I don't think Victor Henry should be a minus 315 over anybody in the UFC. But Hafia Sunsau, I mean, this guy's going to be pushing up daisies here the next couple of years if he keeps fighting at 135. Okay. So what initially, where, where, where do you see yourself landing on this? I'm, I, I see the value um, at a Sunsau at plus 260, and the line is climbing. I looked at it last week, and Henry was a 305. He's 315 now. Money's coming in on Henry. I'm going to keep letting that public money come in, let the recency bias grow that line out, and I'm going to take a Sunsau half unit at plus 260, 270, 280. If you see it at 275, that's where I'm putting my half unit on it. Um, and I know that Joe and I talk about it. We talk in units, not dollar amounts. I know you guys do that here too. Yep. Um, I'm not willing to put a full unit on it, but I'll take a half on a sunset. Okay. I got you. Joe, yeah. you want to add anything to that? Yeah. Like Michael hit nail on the head. I mean, Henry, my, my notes on Henry is like the guy fights like a dog. I mean, he just, he's, he's tough. He's going to like, I know you point out all the time. He's going to fight for your money and guys that are like that. And I've, don't quite know how talented he is it's hard to lay a 315 on a person that you just think is more of a dog um tough nose kind of guy you know rafael sunsau and the others other spectrum i like fading these veterans that are, are that are look over the hill i mean i'll be honest i mean i rafael sunsau is extremely talented in his heyday but time after time when you when you fade veterans that are on a losing spell you'll do well in the long haul so it's, it's, it's a difficult price to bet. It's difficult to bet the method given that um, the variety of finishes that both men have. Um, so I like the under in this fight. I like, you got to trust either Henry is the younger, hungrier-esque fighter over a Sun Tso whose chin's dwindling, or you have a Sun Tso who's just more talented than Henry. A, a, a in prime a Sun Tso would demolish Henry. So I like the under in this fight. There's, there's a lot of variables at play. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of avenues that this could go. So I'm, I'm just going to do the under, under two and a half. I think the under two and a half is interesting. I'm, I think of, I think of, of the, of the plays that present themselves here without having access this early to a bunch of prop action. Um, I think the under, I think the under is interesting. And to your, to your point, Joe, what, what, what I think is um, something worth visiting is you, your point about Henry being a dog and the dog will be in a fight. Um, the minus three fifteen is interesting when talking about any fighter that you know their path to victory involves them getting into not I just hate burying the same word, getting into that level of scrap, getting into that mm-hmm. level of dog fight. Like if you've got somebody that's like a clean technician or a submission artist or you know, one punch KO power, sometimes those wider lines make more sense. But somebody that has to like visibly grind out a fight in order to get a win, the minus three fifteen can get a little bit dicier. Though I, I'm I am gonna I'm gonna ride your side on this Joe more more than uh, Michael in the sense that uh, to your point, Mike, he's he is forty years old. Hoffa Sunsau is forty years old. He's lost four in a row um, at forty years old in one of the most, if not the most, competitive men's division on the roster right now. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Victor Henry is on the upper echelon side of that, but I do believe that this is really 
the fight that tells Hoffa whether or not he has anything left to offer anyone, to be honest with you. Like he, this is a one, this is one he has to win because Henry's not a, he's not a spring chicken either. He's not some, some, you know, he's a game veteran. It's been around for a long time. Much will be made about um, Victor's coach and Josh Barnett. They'll be talking oh, about yeah. his, they'll talk about his catch wrestling background. They will drive that storyline home just as much as the fact that he may or may not still be waiting tables, right? That was the big thing last time. He's oh, he's just, he was waiting tables two nights ago. Like they will bring all this stuff home, living in the car, all that stuff. They're going to bring it up. This is the type of person that a Sun Sal has to be, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and to be to be honest, he just hasn't looked capable really of beating anyone. Um, one of the one of the interesting matchups in recent memory was when they had a Sun Sal fight Cody Garbrandt because I thought that was a fight when they booked it where it was like both these guys are in a position in their career where they have to show that they can beat somebody, right? Yeah. Like they got to show that they can beat somebody. And, you know, they love to show that knockout of Cody sleeping Hoffa, but Cody didn't look good up until that. He was having a hard time and that he was like literally running away right before that knockout happened. He did not look great. And now what are they trying to do, right? They're trying to book Cody a fight that they think he can win. They're putting him up against Hani Yaya, who Yaya just withdrew, but still it's the same thing. So here they are, rinse and repeat. Asun Sal loses to Ricky Simone. So now we're going to go down another. We're going to take you to the next level down. Guys that are nowhere near sniffing the top 15. If you can't beat this guy, we got to let you go. Five in a row. I don't care how long the winning streak was five years ago. Was it four or five? What do you, eight out of, they won like eight or nine out of 10 at one point. Um, well, he was a world beater for a while there. Yeah. We're just – the fall from grace in MMA is, is you know, the most precipitous. You are just mm-hmm. on top of the world, and then you are, um, you know, you're just matter <laughs> on the ground. Uh, I don't think Victor Henry gets us done inside the distance, I, but I refuse to bet somebody to win by decision that's not a woman. So I will lean Henry. I'll look at him as pro- maybe a parlay piece, but to your point, Michael, if the line keeps getting steamed – I can't possibly trust him enough as a, you know, in that minus 300 spot on more than maybe a two leg with another guy that I feel confident in later on. Okay. Next fight on the main card. Boy, what if we do? We got to just talking and talking, man. I mean, fucking two hour show. Here you go. You make the shows longer. Rogan style, dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So after that, um, if, if we're looking at Victor Henry and a Sun Sal being on the main card then, so then we've got to go – it's got to be Magni and Rodriguez. It has to be because if you look – I'm looking at this. There no, there's I no – I got one more ahead of it. It's your boy. The Cubs got to be close to the to the co-main. Yeah, I have it going – and I'm looking on Twitter here, so – Okay. Rain of salt, but I have it going Cub and Martinez and then Magni Rodriguez. Okay, maybe. Well, with the late addition of Magni and Rodriguez, maybe it did get bumped. All right. Well, let's talk about Cub while the while the lips are still wet and I haven't gotten dried out. Here, yeah, let's talk about Cub Swanson at twenty eight and twelve, taking on Jonathan Martinez at sixteen and four. This is a bout that will be contested again at bantamweight. Um, we're getting my man Cubby at underdog money here, plus one fifty. Martinez coming back at the minus one ninety over under on rounds is at two and a half. Uh, I'm obviously going to be the more long-winded of the three, but Joe, <laughs> lead us off here, buddy. What do you got? Yeah, so I guess I'm going to be the the illegitimate child or, or the one that's going to cast aside because I'm a little 
I, I, I'm off on, on Cub. However, he looked fantastic in his last fight yep. against Darren Elkins, which is not hard to do, oh. I'll be honest with you. Darren Elkins, I mean, he walks in there bleeding. So it's not the hardest thing to do, but Cub looked fantastic. Also, he looked extremely comfortable, which is something that I took away from that fight. He looked like he just – he looked like a professional fighter fighting someone that's really not. Um, I know Darren Elkins is, but that's beside the point. Cub Swanson looked very, very good. But my takeaway was he can obviously beat these older guys, guys that are along the same elk of him in their career in terms of age standpoint and um, tread on the tires. But can he beat those younger guys? Obviously, he's very dangerous on the feet. He had um, dominated that, um, the body of Darren Elkins with that, with that kick. Um, but there's a lot of questions for me. Meanwhile, Jonathan Martinez, I know what I'm getting with Jonathan Martinez. The dude kicks like a mother trucker. I mean, he's trying to chop down the tree with that left leg, and he's shown improvement in wrestling. There's obviously a big gap in terms of um, historical competition between the two, but Martinez looks to be, um, obviously he's younger, maybe a little quicker than Cub. I don't know if he's as game as Cub. I mean, it's kind of hard to be as game as, as, as Cub Swanson. Um, so there's some question marks in this fight, but I'm definitely leaning Martinez. I lean that kicker. The, the younger fighter, um, someone that is showing improvement over the veteran who looked fantastic against another veteran, but there's still question marks if he can beat those younger guys in the division. Mm. Contrary. Very uh, – I know we're going to be matching T-shirts here, but we are not matching takes on this. The reason that you said Cub Swanson is clear, I am not a value boy. I am not a guy who likes underdogs typically, but I'm bringing that underdog back here. Jonathan Martinez has struggled with one thing and the same thing for every one of his UFC fights. When a guy is willing to pressure him and make it dirty, Martinez has consistently struggled. Even in the decision fights that he has won, he has struggled in the rounds where a guy is willing to pressure him forward and make Martinez fight off his back foot. If there's one thing Cub Swanson can do is that he can pressure like an animal. I think this fight is going to be made clear in the first two or three minutes. If Martinez can keep Cub at range, Martinez is going to point fight his way to a win with a couple of clinch, late-minute grappling, wrestling takedowns to seal rounds. If Cub can close the distance and make this in the pocket, Martinez has nothing for him. I'm betting on Cub's wily experience here. I think he knows exactly the blueprint to take, and that is pressure Martinez backwards. Give me Cub all day here. Hmm. Okay, so general precursor to all things uh, Cub Swanson related. Cub is currently my has been and, and is is still currently my favorite fighter on the roster. Um, so everything I say will be tinged with that. But uh, I I pride myself in being uh, capable of, of separating fact from fiction and trying to see the forest for the trees here. There are some things that worry me about this matchup. One, it's at 135 pounds. When I I honestly thought the next move for Cub was probably going to be a 55 move, yeah. not a 35 move. Uh, he's also at this weird point where we see some veterans do this thing where they – I'll use Jim Miller as a 55 example for it, where, like, you've got enough stake in the game. You've shed enough blood. There's enough skin in it. Why are we fighting the young guys, like, like you can, you can ask for not. I'm saying like take easier fights, but you could take an easier fight, or you could take a fight that makes more sense. But instead, you're fighting a guy that's fringe top fifteen in the most competitive division out there, and in doing so, he's like twelve years your junior. And to Joe's point, he kicks 
real, real hard. Um, and he comes from a fantastic Muay Thai background in Factory X. So all those guys, Factory X, Elevation, all those dudes are in there working Muay Thai nonstop. And you've got Cub coming off major reconstructive knee surgery less than two years ago. Um, and we have seen it be the focal point of opponents' attacks in each and every fight since he came back. As soon as he came back, Daniel Pineda, what's the first thing he did? Started kicking that leg. Every single fight. Hell, Darren Elkins threw a leg kick. Everybody is trying to kick that leg. Everybody. Um, and as much as I love Cub, doesn't matter that he's putting in a bunch of time um, with, you know, with TJ, with Juan Archuleta, um, you know, Lomachenko cycles in and out of that camp. He's seeing literally, he's seeing rounds with some of the best strikers and one of the best boxers um, in recent memory, if not of all time, and Vasily Lomachenko, he's seeing rounds there. But Cub doesn't have the ability to switch stances and fight consistently out of it, right? Like he can exchange off 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 the switch foot, but he he can't fight. You know, he can't fight an entire fight. He's not going to push an entire round southpaw and then go back orthodox and then go back southpaw again. He's just not going to do that. So the Martinez damage factor worries me, right? If Martinez can stay not hit while beating up the lead leg of Cub to keep Cub from closing the distance, and this is where we get into your point, Michael, about him being able to create the pressure. If Cub goes out there and stays at range long enough, the leg gets chewed up immediately. Yeah. So I guess my wonder is in this, is what does Cub think he's going to do or present at 135 that wasn't available to him at 145? Why the move? Why now? And what are you planning on doing? Do you think you're going to muscle? Do you think you're finally going to use this supposed BJJ black belt that we've heard about for the last 10 plus years that has never saved you from a choke ever? Is that what we're going to see? Like, are you going to become Cub Swanson, the jujitsu specialist? Like, I don't know what you're planning on doing here. Um, so in my opinion, this is a bad matchup for Cub. Yeah. Now, I never like when sorry, I, just, no, go ahead. I never like when older when older guys drop in weight. I mean you're 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 fighting a quicker competition. When you're mm-hmm. getting up there in age, it's it makes a lot more sense to go up and use technique and veteran status in the octagon, contrary to physical prowess, whether it be strength on the ground or speed on the feet. It doesn't make much sense when you get up there in age to drop down. Granted, I'm a professional fighter. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just some dude drinking Miller Lite right now. But I, I completely agree with you, align with you. It, it, it's an odd move. It, it's a fair point. And, and But the last thing to go is always the power, right? And Cubs got it in spades. Uh, as a 45er, he's always cracked. At 55, the power I don't think would have any problem staying. And at 35, I think it'll be just fine. Um, he's got to make the weight. And so I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens. You know, I, I, I admittedly, I will bet Cub because Cub at plus money is just silly. You, when you look at when you look at who Jonathan Martinez has beat in particular uh, in the UFC, you know, yeah, OK, three wins in a row. But I mean, look, Lavishvili, Alejandro Perez and Vince Morales. OK, no. now I, I'm I'm OK with with those is like if we're talking about like, you know, dudes that we can justify you you fighting like. Draco Rodriguez next or something like that. But that's not something where I'm thinking Cub Swanson, you know, I, I don't need to read the, the, the fact or the the um, schedule, strength of schedule for Cub Swanson. It's the best. It's just, it's the best of 145. It's the best that 145 has to offer. He is the Michael Johnson of 145 pounds. He's fought all the good people. 
yeah. And you're like, who's who's good at 145 pounds? Oh, Cubs fought him. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's it. That we we don't need to go any further than that. So I'm betting Cub and I'm betting him one. It's a heart bet. I, I will say that right off the bat. Um, under two and a half is is my like smart play bet here. Um, like my actual Dale, what's your like like as a handicapper, what's your play here? Under two and a half is at plus one thirty eight, plus one forty range. That's my play. Like that, that's my play. Play my heart. Play is on Cub money line, and the reason why I'm going under two and a half is this: Cub is also at the point of veteranship where he's not going to get in a dogfight anymore. Mm. The Cron Gracie fight was the last dogfight he's willing to get in. Right? Like he's just. I'm not. I if you're gonna if you're gonna beat me up, I'm just. That's it. Like I'm just. We're not going to do this anymore. Right? Like there's no point. We will live to fight another day. I'm secure in where I'm at financially. I'm secure where I'm at in my life. I what, what do I need to sit here and sacrifice brain cells? Cub's going to be fighting in front of his wife and three kids, four kids, eight kids, whatever the case may be. You think he's going to go out there and get his face boxed off by Jonathan Martinez? Are you going to allow him? He's going to allow himself to get you know in some dog fight. Well, you could say Dale, the family might motivate him to do so, but I'm telling you right now, it won't. It won't. You're not going to take that beating in front of your wife. You're just not going to do it. He won't. He won't. Some people would. And this isn't a dig. I'm just saying some people are wired differently. <laughs> you bring your wife and kids into the cage after in a, after a fight and cry in the cage, as emotional and wonderful and heartfelt as that was, you just showed me that that's the, that's the priority now. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Jonathan Martinez don't care about that. No. Jonathan Martinez is going to come out there and try to kick your leg off of your hip is what he's going to try to do. And then he's going to try to pound you out. So under two and a half, um, I would sprinkle around one finish by both gentlemen, like small, like, Tenth of a unit, twenty point two unit play in round one, just because body shots have always been an issue for Cub. Um, you know that that switch stance liver kick is a problem. Giga showed that. Um, yeah. Not to mention Jonathan Martinez goes out there and gets a good good stiff kick behind the knee. Things go bad, or Cub closes the distance and hits um, Martinez like he's never been hit before, which is going to happen. And we see something different because we have we have not seen durability be on the side of Jonathan Martinez. So. Um, round one sprinkles for both gentlemen, which will be at considerable plus money under two and a half is my smart handicap play. And then Cub Swanson, um, plus one fifty is my heart money there. Can't argue with that. The last thing I will say is if you want to bet Cub, you are in a unique situation where the steam will likely come on Martinez. Yes. So you yeah. wait until the to see how Cub looks on the scales without losing any line value. Yes. That's a great point. Great point. All right. Uh, let's see here. It's always you always got to like start a campfire whenever it's a Cub Swanson fight, man. We just got to sit down, we got to talk it out. Damn right, damn right. <laughs> oh man, I just freaking love Cub, dude. Man, I just love a dude that comes to brawl. Not and and not for nothing, as they say. Juan Archuleta just won on Saturday, same camp, and like we said, winning is contagious. So, um, Juan Archuleta, Cub Swanson, TJ Dillashaw, boom. Let's see. Uh, Neil Neil Magny taking on Daniel Rodriguez. There we go. There's Daniel Magny. <laughs> yeah, Neil Magny at 26 and 9 taking on Daniel Rodriguez. This fight is a little bit of a late addition to the card. Um, I will lean uh, I, it, right now. I'm seeing it as a pick'em at a lot of places, so we'll go with those lines. Uh, I let you two go first. I'll lead into this one here. I like Neil Magny because I think Neil Magny anywhere near plus money is free money, um, and I will not bet Neil Magny as a favorite, but I will take Neil Magny at plus money. And it's just, there's not a guy that's more likely to go out there and make your favorite fighter's favorite fighter look, you know, mortal 
than Neil Magny. He comes out there. He puts that unorthodox pace, that weird little jab. He pushes you up against the cage. He drags you down, pulls your heels out from underneath you, peppers you a little bit, lets you get up, and then he drags you back down again. If you ever want to see somebody dr- drown on dry land, Neil Magny is the guy that he'll, he'll help you out with that. He will help you out with that. Daniel Rodriguez coming off of a win that he should not have gotten against Li Jingliang. Um, the universe and the MMA gods do not like to be mocked. They will write themselves on Saturday, October 15th. Neil Magny's going to win this fight. Um, it's going to be boring and stupid, but he's going to win this fight. Lock it in now while you can get him at plus or even money. Neil Magny. I'm going to jump in because I'm going to be quick. You nailed everything I was going to say. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the the little edge that I have here is twofold. One, Rodriguez lost against Lee. I don't care what the judges said. He lost that fight. Neil Magny has taken care of a, of, of a solid, impressive striker in Jeff Neal just three fights ago, and mm. Jeff Neal's better than Rodriguez. I don't play MMA math, but it proved that Neil, that Neil Magny – I teach English. I don't do math, Joe. I know you got the hands for <laughs> audio listeners. Neil Magny is not going to be overwhelmed by power or value. He hasn't been his entire career. He is going to clinch and bore his way to a win. So I'm playing this in three different spots. I'm playing Magny straight. I'm playing Magny by decision. And if your book offers it, I love Neil Magny live. Because if Rodriguez is going to win, he's going to look good in round one. And you're going to take Neil Magny in a live spot to win two and three for a nice 29-28 decision. Mm. Well, I feel like I got to defend Daniel Rodriguez. I just wrote an article. Go over to we, – we also write for Body Lock MMA. little shout-out to that uh, website. I just wrote this article. I, I got to defend Rodriguez a smidge. And here's the thing I want to defend Rodriguez with. It's the juxtaposed stances that that's going to happen in this fight. Neil Magny, Dale, as you, as you stated, he throws a very nice peppering-like jab on the feet. When you're facing a southpaw, that jab is nullified for the most part. Meanwhile, Rodriguez, he has that sniper left hand facing that orthodox fighter in Magny. It's, it has a greater propensity to land. It's fast, and it lands. Now I gave him his credit. No, I'm not, I'm not magging. I mean, I, just, I had to, I had to give, a, I had to give something out there. I mean, because Dale Rodriguez is a good fighter. Yes, he is. But I love what Dale said too. By the way, the the the, the MMA gods. That, the fact that the MMA gods are on our side, absolutely love that. Neil Magny, he's going to drag Dale Rodriguez into deep water. Dale Rodriguez has shown he's a seventy six percent quote unquote takedown defense. But when he fights even okay wrestlers at a higher end level, like a Kevin Lee, Lee Lang, or Jalan Lee. Uh, I'm a flipper dipper, those two names. But when he fights an okay wrestler, Magny's better than a wrestler than those two, he can get taken down. Now, he's not a fish out of water on the mat, but Magny is so good. He has razor sharp elbows. He understands how to win. My last point on this fight before I get into my bet it's going to be most likely a close fight. Neil Magny understands how to win close fights. That's what the mm. guy does. And I, I get all this, all, all this. In a pot, I'm going to go Magny at even money. It's absolutely ludicrous that Magny is even money. He's a top 10 gatekeeper, as we talked off camera. Daniel Rodriguez is not a top 10 fighter. He's not contending in a top five status anytime in the near future. Magny at pick odds, fantastic. I'm with Michael. I like one and a half units Magny money line. I like one and a half units Magny decision. Magny decision, if that goes up 40 cents off the money line price, is fantastic, fantastic value. One of my favorite bets on the board is Neil Magny. Mm. I agree. I, I I agree. Mike, let's so let's let's play let's play the advocate for a second. My concerns when it comes to Neil Magny, um, he's been getting cracked a little bit more lately. Um, got 
got touched up in the in the the Max Griffin fight. Um, has been, I mean, he's getting older, you know. And Neil's one of those guys that you hear, you know, like talking to Drew and other guys. Like Neil's the guy in the gym that's putting it on everybody. Like Neil's the guy that's always in the fight. He's always the guy fighting somebody in the gym. He's always the guy fighting in the cage. Like he is, he's in there. So at a certain point, 35, 36, 37, catches up with the brain a bit. Um, Max cracked him in that fight. I think twice he sat him down. Uh, to, to your point though, Joe, and this is a very understated way to say a very complex thing. He knows how to win a fight. He knows where he's at in the cage. He knows where he's at in the eyes of the judges. And he knows where he's at in the eyes of the public. And he did just enough to win that fight against Max. Um, you know, obviously, I, I I was scoring the fight for Max off of a play there. But, I mean, you watch the fight back and you go, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because exactly what you said. He found ways to win rounds or he found ways to score points in the eyes of judges that carry through. Daniel Rodriguez can be real dangerous, Michael, like you said, in round one. Um, and then rounds two and three, you should see that live line move quite a bit. So I'd be looking, I think that's very astute observation. Magni live line after one, if it go if it gets a little spicy. Um, but just Magni anywhere near plus and even money is just free money, man. I and I hate to say that as a as a person that bets, I hate saying anything's free yeah. money, but but I mean, come on, when the well's producing water, you drink. And Neil's been producing for years, bro. Years. Yeah, I think it's 28 UFC fights, if, if my memory serves me right, which is just just ludicrous. Oh, he, he broke 30. Oh, did he? Yeah. Dude. This man's going to be fighting long, long, long time. It's, it's crazy what he's able to do in that octagon at his age with his output, with his cardio. It's unbelievable. Dude, I remember Neil Magny fighting on the fight for the troops events, man. Like that's <laughs> a fucking airline hanger, man. That dude's in there fighting. I mean, the guy. Look, the, the bottom line is this, right? His last loss is to Shavkat. I mean, Daniel, Rodri Daniel Rodriguez is not Shavkat. So let let's just let's keep things into perspective here, and uh, we'll 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 go from there. All right. So let's get into what will now be. Are we getting to the code? No, gosh, we got a ways to go here. All right, Asker Askarov taking on Brandon Royval. Asker uh, is fourteen one and one. Royval at fourteen and six. The comeback, or rather, the line in general for this Askarov, you're getting at the minus one eighty. Royval plus one fifty five over and arounds. Is it two and a half? You got a lot of Colorado boys fighting um, on on this card, right? So we got a lot of Factory X, a lot of Team Elevation guys. Um, three in a row here as far as in terms of talking about fights. So look for that domino effect, right? Once one loses, we may see other ones start to fall. Uh, again, I'll just keep saying it. It's the theme of the night. Losing can be contagious. So can winning. Askarov minus 180, Royval plus 155. Overrunner on two and a half. Michael, what do you got? I'm a big Brandon Royval fan because mm. I love my scramble submission artists. My guys that create chaos on the mat. And next thing you know, they're taking an arm or a neck home with them. Love watching that from a fan standpoint. But holy hell, does it make your sphincter tight when you're betting on a guy like that? <laughs> yes. yes. You don't know what's going on. It looks like two fish are, are, are just flopping around on the pier, and you're just hoping that your guy ends up in the right direction. And that's who Brandon Royval is. Even his striking is chaos. His striking is unorthodox. It's 
it, it's, it's not really technical. He's trying to create a situation where he can exploit a mistake. And he does take advantage of it really impressively. So I love Brandon Royval. But talking about a guy outside of his return, I mean, I know Asker Askarov was everyone's pick to go grab the belt or at least fight for it for a while. And then he had that little bit of a layoff and had some weird stuff going around his life. But he doesn't really make a whole lot of mistakes. Asker Askarov does what he needs to do to get the win, whether it's striking, whether it's wrestling. He's super well-rounded. He's super intelligent. And against Kai Kara France, he ran into one of the hottest fighters in the UFC in 2022, and he lost the fight. It happens. Where I'm seeing this fight, I love Asker Askarov at a minus 180, minus 200. I think he's going to be one of my favorite parlay pieces. And it's going back to Brandon Royval's fight against Rodrigo Bontorin. Bontorin mm. got Royval down eight times out of nine attempts. Now, I know UFC stats, grain of salt. But the fact that a good but not great wrestler could get Roy Val down, Asker Askarov should have no fight taking this fight to the mat. And Roy Val, I don't think he's going to find a mistake to be able to exploit. He's going to throw every submission in the kitchen sink at him. But I think Asker Askarov survives, holds your breath, a very contentious but a very fun decision. Give me Askarov by decision and in parlays. Hmm. I love it. Yeah, I mean, a little diatribe by a little diatribe by Michael there, but I mean, I'm not going to add anything to it. I mean, Askarov, the only thing I'm going to add to it, the guy lost his last fight and he was on, he was surging to title contention. I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. I think we are getting a fantastic price on Askarov. I think if, let's say, Kai Kara France, that fight never happened, the price point on this fight, Askarov would probably be around that 245 range. Um, if I had a price, if not more, like Michael's um, illustrating here, I think it's great value. Inversely, my, my, my sphincter is going to be tight the entire time. Roy Val can, he's going to throw up a bunch of submissions on the ground, and Askarov is just going to be there. I think it's a nice little prelude to what we'll see in Islam Oliveira. It's, you, got the, you got the Russian versus a very good submission artist. Obviously, it's not as high level as Islam and Oliveira, but a nice little um, indication of what it might look like. I love Askarov, love the price point. Um, there's not a lot of parlay pieces in this fight, in, in this card, but Askarov is my parlay anchor. If you want to negate price points early in the fight, I love throwing an ass rub at the back end. You can exceed that whatever unit threshold. Michael and I talked about four units being you should not go over four units. You can you can reach that unit threshold or you can go over it knowing that you can always buy back on Roy Val. I like, at the end of the day, I like having minimum three units on Askarov mm. to win this fight. I think it's a fantastic value. So long as he can avoid submission, I, I think he has way more avenues, and I think he can control the, the entire fight. He's going to be winning this fight until he's not. Because of that, I really like him. Yeah, I mean, he's Caucus Mountain Warrior, so I'm going to take him. I mean, you know, I, I just inherently – I mean, is, he's deaf too, right? Isn't Asker deaf? I'm not, I've heard that. I don't know if that's rumor or if that's real because I've never been able to confirm it. Yeah, I, I, if he's not deaf, he's near deaf. I mean, I don't know if he's Matt Hamill deaf, but I'm pretty sure he's like deaf. Um, so, so anyway, my point being, um, you're talking about a guy with an in ingrained sense of grit and determination, right? And, you know, much can be, I mean, I'm not going to paint the picture like he's a superhero or freaking daredevil or something like that, but, (laughs) but, but we all know, um, and I mean, it's medically documented and proven like scientifically for as much as science is worth anything, um, that your senses or other senses are heightened when other ones are depleted. And if Asker is, in fact, uh, 
deaf or hard of hearing. Um, I believe that that I believe that pays dividends in the sense of his, you know, ability to process and analyze movement, his ability to react, his ability to think pragmatically through problems. Um, I, I think we see that and it would take something special by Brandon Royval, which it normally does. It takes something weird and wonky that you didn't see coming um, to, to get the win. I, I will pose this. I'm on Askarov. Um, no, no denying that. Let's, let's do this. We, we all seem to agree that Royval, his method of victory here is submission. So um, I'm cool with it. Let's do a gentleman's wager here. If you guys are, tell me what submission, what submission Brandon Royval wins with and whoever gets it right. The other two Venmo or cash app, 10 bucks. Love it. Beautiful. All right. Who wants to kick yeah, us off? I'll, I'll call. Uh, I think it's triangle. I think he gets in a triangle. Okay. It, no. Also, let me just. Pre- <laughs> I don't think. He, I don't think he gets a submission. I don't. No. Well, I, I know. I know. On top. I, my sphincter is tight. I'm worried about that triangle. Okay. So it, we're we're all on Askarov, but we're, yeah, we're gentlemen's wager amongst the three of us because we all think Roy Vol's <laughs> only path to victory is a submission. And if it were to happen, which you're not betting on, yeah, there. you got to break it down because some people will be like, oh, I bet. <laughs> Beautiful. You're, all, yep. you're on Roy Vol by triangle. All right. Okay. I got Kimura. 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 Oh, all right. And then, all right. So I'm going to go high risk, high reward here. Ooh. All right. So maybe show me some grace. Can I do anything that ends with Plata? <laughs> yeah. You're good. Yeah, that works for me. Plata okay. there. Yeah, so <laughs> any Oma, there. any Go-Go, any, yeah. any Platas. That, yeah, I think we're looking, we can allow a plata. Just the fact okay. I would love to see a plata happen on the card. <laughs> All, right. All right, so we have triangle, we've got Kimura, and we've got any of the plata family. All right, sounds. I thought good. you were gonna go with the twister there when you were like that lead. Yeah, to, like, to, twister might be possible too. Freaking calf slicer, uh, yeah. Suliev stretch. Yeah, I mean, you never do. You never know. It could be any of those things. All right, uh, co-main event of the evening: Misha Serkinov taking on Alonzo Menafield. Excuse me. Um, if you're on the Serkinov side, you're looking at a guy whose record is at 15 and eight, taking on Atomic Alonzo at 12 and three. Lines a little bit steamed up here, for, for, you know, just to be honest. And you're looking at plus 180 on Serkinov, minus 210 for Menafield. Over, uh, I do not have rounds on this one. Um, so, okay. Oh, Askarov has 20% ish hearing left. Just say that out loud, man. You got to type that in chat, bro. Say it out loud. This <laughs> well, is what means- normally producer Jake would be for, but he's not here. So. I got you in the, on, on the lines then, too. I'm seeing that um, over-under is one and a half. It's 125. Oh, perfect. Okay, gotcha. So under for sure. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Uh, I think, Joe, you're up first. What you got, man? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to start with Misha because I have a little bone to pick with him. I mean, he mm. fought – Will uh, was it William Terman? Wellington Terman, thank you. Like and I definitely – Ran into, we're, we're going back to the gym. I definitely ran into the freight train of Glover Teixeira's gym, and the and, yep. the and the surge of that came out of nowhere. Was it in Connecticut? Brazilians in Connecticut. Who would have thought? But Misha was winning that fight against Terman. The guy's clinching, no problemo. He's doing well, and then he makes a boneheaded decision that a veteran should never make, and he gets submitted in round two. And that's all I need to really know in this fight because I know Misha's not a good striker. He's a slow mover. He's built like an ox. But he's slow moving. He's not a good striker. He's very hittable. And if he can't make a smart fight, intelligent decision mid-fight, 
he's going to pay the price against Alonzo Menafield. Alonzo Menafield, extremely athletic, explosive. Those things too oftentimes go hand in hand. And he's also built like an ox too. So the strength advantage is not going to be a niche uh, advantage like it often is. I fully expect Menafield to have a little caution early on, get his distance feel, and throw a big-ass overhand right against that southpaw of Misha and crack him and, and end it. I, I love Menifield inside of distance. Yeah, that's where I'm going here. Menifield um, is one of my parlay pieces at, at minus 200. I love parlaying people in the low twos, upper ones. That's it, 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 it turns out really nice numbers on the other side, especially for two-leggers. Misha's got nothing left. You you lose the Wellington tournament, you might as well go grab your bags and go work at pick and save or something. I don't know. <laughs> Wellington tournament shouldn't be in the UFC. You lose them, you shouldn't be either. The the crux of this really comes down to one thing. Menafield likes to feel his opponent out in the first two minutes, maybe three minutes. So betting him inside of round one, you're not really getting five minutes of finishing opportunity. You're getting about two or three. And that's where I think Vegas is going to make some money. I think they're going to get a lot of money on Menafield in round one. And I don't like that bet. I like Menafield inside the distance. He's at 205 right now. Maybe we get it at 170 or better. I'm not messing with the round because sometimes he starts slow. I think Serkinov is going to sleep and Dana's kicking his ass to the curb. But I'm not messing with the round. Give me Menafield in a parlay. And give me men a field inside the distance, and I don't got to worry about when it happens. I agree. I agree with both of those. I think I think we see Misha Serkinov if he doesn't retire at the end of this fight. I think we see him in KSW by the end of 2023. I can see him yeah. going over to KSW. I think him versus um, Darko Stosic over there makes a ton of sense. I, I can. I'm, I'm already going to go play. Go ahead and play KSW matchmaker. Just go ahead and get him <laughs> over there. Um, I, th- I think it's a wrap, and I think one of the you know you know one of the things that you have to contend with here is we now have um the most dangerous version of alonzo menafield which mm-hmm. is confident alonzo right like when when alonzo is confident that's when you're like oh we've got something cooking here so when he comes in right gets the win contender series win years ago comes in snuffs Vin- venetius moreo or uh moreo or however you want to say his name then he comes out and he beats paul craig but then he had that really like just sort of like deflating loss to Devin Clark when Devin Clark just just ground him yep. into the dust. You know what I mean? Just just drowned him for 15 minutes. Um, comes back out, gets knocked out by a really over the over the hill OSP. And there was a lot of question about like the heart of Menafield, what his ceiling was, the whole nine. So they gave him a gimme fight in Fabio Charant. And once he do, he comes out, and finishes the fight. Then he fights a veteran in Ed Herman. You have the whole dick kick gate and all that stuff. Gets that win. Okay, right? So they so they they bump him up in competition. They give him another big bruiser in William Knight. Loses a fight that he probably should have won. Mm-hmm. And then we're back to like, okay, now we don't know what to do with Alonzo Menafield because he's losing fights that he should win, right? Like all these fights that we've that you've lost are fights that you should have won, bro. So what are we supposed to do with you? Your biggest shit, athletic and powerful at 205, you should be winning these fights. So what do they do? They give him against that fraud, um, the dude with like the puffed up record or whatever it was. He goes out there, fights angry, gets the win, saying like, because he realizes the stakes, right? Like he realizes the story. They, they, they say, we don't know whether or not you're real. So we're going to put you up against this guy who we don't know if he's real. So it's like basically the loser is the fraud here. 
And at that point, Menafield felt like he was insulted. He was like, I've been here for you guys, and you insulted me. And he comes out there, gets the win. He's pissed off about it. Remember, he's mother effing everything on the mic. And so he's <laughs> mad. He was mad. The Asker Moserov fight. He was mad about that. He didn't want to fight that guy. He and, thought he should have been getting something about it, somebody better. And to, to, to your point, the guy's got the potential. In for every sure. one of his UFC fights, He's been a near or over 200 favorite. Yeah. Vegas and the UFC see the potential in this guy. Every once in a while, they just got a lot of fire under his ass. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. And that's what this fight is, right? They're basically saying, okay, here's your chance. Get this veteran out of here. Yep. This dude's lost three in a row. He's, he's, we're fight, you're fighting at 205. This guy's a 185 pounder all day. Get yes. him out of here. If you can't get him out of here, Alonzo, we're probably going to let you go. Mm hmm. If I'm if I'm men if I'm if I'm all, if I'm Alonzo's management, that's what I'm telling him. If you don't win this fight, they're going to let you go. Yeah. This is like fight number eight. This is probably the last fight of your contract. We're going to let they're going to let you go if you cannot beat this dude. You need to go out there and take his freaking head off. And I expect him to do that. Uh, Menafield and inside the distance are exactly that. Uh, I would go so far as to say I, I know you understand. Like you nailed it with the slow start. I would go with no round three start. I would think oh, I would, I'd, yeah. I'd give the give it two rounds, bring the bring the price down a little bit, give me Menafield and a no round three start prop once once that comes out. I like that a lot. All right, and main event of the evening: Alexa Grosso at fourteen and three, taking on Vivian Arajal at eleven and three. Grosso at a minus one ninety, Arajal plus one sixty. Um, I mean, you guys are the guests. Who wants who wants to tackle this one first? Well, Joe and I are going to disagree, so I'll get mine out of the way quick because when Perfect. we tend to disagree, we tend to bet a chug on it. So, Dale, I know you do people's main event here. Yeah. Are you willing to put a chug on the people's main event, whichever side you're on? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know what All side right. I'm on. It's the one with the plus in front of it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. Joe, are you willing to go two to one on chugs? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine. But it's just one of those things. I'll let you do the – I'm not 100% sure I'm on the opposition. Let me he can oh, be wow. swayed. We we can we can bring him over. Yeah. We can bring him over to the dark side. Is what you're saying? Oh, I'll so like, like yeah, let's hear. But I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll take the you you whatever whatever side I bet doesn't matter. You two can pick whoever you want. I'll take the opposition in terms of chug bet. Oh, jeez, perfect. Well, and this, I'll do two to one on that. That's fine. <laughs> this comes I'm down to really easy to me. Alexa Grasso just has to survive and thrive. That's all oh. she has to do. Vivian Arojo's got about 10 to 12 minutes worth of cardio. This is a 25-minute fight. Arojo's got a two, two-and-a-half rounds to find a submission. Now, on the feet, she's she's got some pop. She's got excellent jujitsu, and she's got pretty good wrestling. But, man, this girl gasses out. I remember in elementary school, I ran the mile, and my fat ass couldn't make it a half-way <laughs> where I needed some oxygen. That's what Arojo's was taking an injury before you started that mile. I can promise you that. <laughs> well, insight into your childhood. Uh, and Alexa Grasso, she's got good enough takedown defense. She might go down, but she can get back up. She's one of those fighters who's springing. She gets down and she pops back up pretty quickly. I love how crisp of a striker she is. But at the end of the day, when I'm betting women's MMA, I look at underdogs and I look at the woman who has the fight ending potential. And Alexa Grasso doesn't have that. Alexa Grasso. The best version of her is Caitlin Shakugian. Point fight for a decision. And Alexa Grasso is not that good. Give me Orojo. If she can fix her cardio, if she can just win three rounds, she wins this fight, even without a finish. 
and she just needs to pace herself a little bit better. I like Orojo to win a very close, probably piss off some people on Twitter type of decision. I'm not messing with kind of submission. Just give me Orojo plus money. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you too much on that, but here's what I'll say with this fight. I'm completely in line with both of you. Take the dog. Most, most of the time, take the dog, and what I like to do is take the more dangerous fighter. In this fight, Orojo is the more dangerous fighter. I would love Orojo fighting Amanda Lemos, uh, Jessica Andrade. Those three caliber women fighters, I would love that, for that to happen. But she gasses out. This is a three-round fight. I would 100% be on Orojo. She's more dangerous than Grasso. The fact that it's five rounds, Grasso, I feel like she's a more intelligent fighter. She has nice, crisp striking on the feet, and she can wrestle. She has talent. Like she has talent. I mean, she, it may not be as vicious as Orojo. Grasso has talent. So how, Michael did a great job. I'm not going to um, repeat what he said. I see there's, there's two avenues of betting this fight. It's Grasso, Grasso by decision or Orojo inside the distance. Sure. Mm. Now, I'll let, I'll let Dale speak. Michael did a good, good job of breaking down the fighters. Whatever you like after hearing this, I think those are the two avenues of betting this fight. My problem with Grasso is she hits like a cool breeze. Um, <laughs> I mean, she just... That's that's really kind of it. I mean, she just yeah. she, she's pepper. It's death by a thousand cuts. I mean, that's just really so how it's she. Not, it's not death. It's fight. just minor inconvenience. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's literally like, you know, flies at a picnic. I mean, they just she's just there to annoy you and piss you off, and then ultimately maybe you'll move or fire ants. Even I, I take your take your insectoid um, metaphor for what it is. That's just kind of how I see her in in this regard. Now, that being said. 2022 has been a very weird year for MMA. Um, and women are women are so strange, both in and outside of the cage. They're very weird creatures. <laughs> and one of the things that I consistently say when it comes to women's fights is that they find themselves in precarious situations that men do not typically find themselves in. And exhausted women do very strange things. To your point about Vivian Arjau being ga- uh, you know, prone to gassing out, Grosso is not like completely against taking fighters down. She would prefer to stay on the outside, use that Mexican style boxing, pump that jab. Um, she would love to do that, but she will take you down. She's not opposed to that at all. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think she has, yeah, she's got a over 50% takedown accuracy. Um, she's not opposed to that. She'll, she'll take you down. Um, it's, I mean, obviously it's not what she wants to do, but she will. So if she can get Arajao in a position where she's feeling a little tired and vulnerable, we might see some wishy-washy end of round three, round four, round five situations where again, and look, I talk, a, I talk a lot of shit about Chris Tonyoni oh. and I'm, and, and I'm not, and I'm not going to stop talking shit about it. I think, I think he's terrible. Yeah. But, but, caveat. He did a good job this last weekend with the Mackenzie Dern, Jan Janon fight where he let those girls work. Especially he let Jan work when Mackenzie was in bad spots hitting her. I've seen him stop fights in positions like that where you just can't really get out of the position. She's not doing anything to like finish the fight. But she's placed you in a position where you're having a hard time doing anything to defend yourself. 
Jan was in a couple spots like that, and Tonyoni let her work, and justifiably so, right? Because she won the fight. Um, I don't think we're going to see that same grace two weeks in a row. Um, inside the distance here seems very. I think you might be surprised at both of these ladies' ability to finish this fight. One based on exhaustion, like Arizal can both win the fight against Grosso and help Grosso win the fight against her. Like she, she is her own worst enemy here. Like she's, it's like one and a half people fighting Vivian Arizal on Saturday. Um, I'm going to take Arizal just because it's women science plus money. I will have to take it. But I'm not opposed to an inside the distance play here. I think women's strawweight fight went like end inside the distance like less than 25 percent of the time. But to that point, I, I think that there it's 2022, man. Weird shit keeps happening, bro. You get two to yeah. one on your money there for inside the distance, yeah. and I, as the line will likely grow towards Grasso, she's the, she's the new hotness in 2022, and 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 the common thought is her by decision. I think that line for you is going to get even bigger and bigger. I'll throw a couple of a couple of units or quarter unit to a third of a unit. Yeah. On yeah, I think one of the things you have, one of the other things you have to keep in, in mind too. We haven't gotten to it. It is Latin American History Month or whatever they're calling it, and most of the fighter or most of the fights on this card have at least one, either Latin or Hispanic or whatever fighter um, mm-hmm. or descendant of on on every end here. So these lines, as we get closer, might start moving in leaps and bounds because we know. Um, historically speaking, that that fan base shows up for fight night. Now, again, this is an apex thing, but they'll show up on the sports book as well. Mm-hmm. They'll come out. Yeah, there I, I definitely think uh, like if you want to bet Grasso by decision, now is the time to do so. Um, and I would I would punt on the, if you like the Erosia side or inside the distance side. I think I'd, I'd punt on that. For me, it, it comes down to that price point. If if, if Grasso by decision is I mean, it's not going to be even, let's, let's call it even money, maybe a little worse than even money. You can do a Raju inside a distance at a big plus number. That's what I like to do. I, I, I'm, I'm playing it as one unit Grasso decision, then um, a half unit, maybe maybe a quarter to a half unit, depending on the price point on Raju inside a distance. I'm with you. I think the fight is going to surprise some people um, on the Raju side if she does win. I think it, I, I think it could be in violent fashion. I think it would be in, 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 in social media trending um, style. Um, so that's kind of how how I like it. And I, and I do think the Grasso side, like you're saying, the fan base is going to show up for her. So if you like that side, I would book it now. Yeah. I think one of the things you got to pay attention to when it comes to this stuff is that um, I, me personally, and I've been saying it more so the last few weeks than I have previously, I'm having a hard time in 2022 betting fights to fighters to win by decision anymore. Like if I see a fighter whose only path to victory or most likely path to victory is decision, it gives me great pause because I'm like, so much weird shit has been happening, and we'll we'll talk about this later on, like the the um, Mike Jackson fight and stuff like that. There's so many weird, <laughs> dude. There's so many weird variables that can happen. The last thing you think could happen, and and you go out there and you get a Jared Cannonier kicking Anderson Silva's leg, and the leg breaks again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or didn't break, but like he just like the knee felt weird, so he stopped. Like there's so much weird stuff happening this year it's hard for me to just feel super confident on decision folks um but the flip side of that is i don't think any woman fighter on the planet earth outside of valentina shevchenko and amanda nunez or jermaine durandamy should be minus 200 or above and grasso's flirting with that number 
Um, and it'll get steamed over the 200 mark and they'll give me a better price on air and I'll play that then. Cause I just, no woman deserves that type of price. Completely so. agree. All right. So we got the chug. So it sounds like I'll take for the chug bet purposes. Almost like we do what we did in the uh, was it the, the the Roy Val submission thing. I'll take Rosso in the chug chug bet, and you two can take uh, Arojo. Okay. All right. Beautiful. All right. Okay. Let's uh, let's let's breeze through these prelims here. We'll, we'll we'll run through these ones a little bit faster. Faster. Dushko Tudorovic taken on Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright at twelve and three. Dushko at eleven and three. Uh, over under on rounds is at one and a half. If I'm not mistaken, you're getting Dushko at a minus 208, right at a plus 160. Joe, what do you got here? You got to take the under. I mean, yes. neither, guy, neither guy can get hit. Both guys look for the finish. It, it was just it's one of those things. If it doesn't pan out, it does not make it the wrong bet. The correct bet is the under. It's unequivocally under. Both these guys are horrible. Both these guys look for the finish. It's a recipe for an under. Yep, I'm, I'm pounding under one and a half. And if you want to have a little bit extra fun, you want to take five bucks, pizza money, beer money, throw it on. Jordan Wright, round one, you'll get a plus 200 or better. Pick a fighter to win in round one, give me the dog. I, somebody's going to sleep quick here. Yeah, I think this fight breaks down, and I've said this every time that Dushko fights, it breaks down to physiology. Neither one of these guys are built um, structurally to fight at the weight that they fight at. Their bodies are too big, their necks are too long, and their heads are too small. Um, they just, when they get hit, it's going to be bad. My only concern is that Dushko comes out and wrestles because we've seen him at just really, at time. it's the weirdest thing, right? He wants to go out there and bang, um, and that's what we expect him to do. And you're like, okay, well, that, let, let's go out there and do that then. But then I just point to the Maki Patolo fight, right? What does he do? Yeah. He goes out and immediately takes him down. Same thing. How did he win the Daquan the, the Townsend fight? He went out and he wrestled. It wasn't like I'm going to go out there and stand. He's like, I'm going to go out there and wrestle. Now, if he's even if he wrestles, he can pound out Jordan Wright. That's not a problem. My only concern is that if Jordan Wright is just – if he's just slick enough, that, you know what I mean? If he's just slick enough, it could be some stupid sloppy – um thing but under one and a half you got to bet what's most likely to happen not what could mm-hmm. happen under one and a half is the play here on this one yeah I, and i like your point mike just pick a fight just pick a fighter pick him in round one <laughs> it's the first fight of the night fucking let her rip tater chip what do you what do you got to lose you know I mean? <laughs> all right nick maximov at eight and one taking on jacob malcoon at six and two malcoon coming in as the slight dog here plus 120 against nick maximov the uh, Nick and Nate Diaz factory protege, if you will, minus one fifteen over on rounds at two and a half. Michael, what do you got? I might be the biggest Jacob Malcoon hater in the entire world. I think this guy is incredibly limited. I think he's overhyped. <laughs> I, I t- bringing back Brendan Allen going full circle. I lost a lot of money on that Brendan Allen Malcoon, or won a lot of money on Brendan Allen Malcoon, if I remember correctly here. But I think Jacob Alcuna is incredibly limited. I, I don't think he's a good fighter. I think that Nick Maximov is going to get him in a get-right spot here. Market is overreacting to his loss against Andre Petrosky, which give a little bit of shine over here. Joe and I call the Petrosky win inside the distance on that one. That was a nice little payday. I like Maximov here. This is one of my favorite bets on the board. I'm playing him straight, and I'm playing him with confidence. Mm. Yeah, and I think this one, I mean, both notes I have for these guys are almost the exact same. Um, both horrible on the feet, 
wrestlers who love to wrestle. And I want to give both guys a little bit of credence. A lot of times wrestlers fall in love with their hands. They don't want to wrestle. The fact that both guys love to wrestle, it's a good thing. Maximov, I trust his wrestling is far more collegiate, um, maybe whatever, the, the sport of wrestling far more than Malkoon. Malkoon's a guy like throws a chest chair right, in, right into you. You know, the, the chest pube down to the ball throw, that's Malkoon. He likes to clinch you. Maximov, I think, is a slicker wrestler. Because of that, and because I don't know how Malkoon does um, from a defensive perspective on the mat, I'm leaning Maximov. The other side of the spectrum, I like Malkoon's camp a lot more than Maximov's camp. I trust Robert Whitaker. I trust um, that that realm far more than the Diaz brothers and Maximov. But even though I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the guy who I think is the, the slicker wrestler, um, even though he did not show it against Prashowski, I like Maximov. I like the fight to go to decision. If I, if the, my handicap is the fight to go to decision. Both guys are wrestlers. Both guys should understand how to handle the positions and avoid submissions. So I actually, my bet is to go to decision. Interesting. Okay. I, full disclosure, this fight and n- no part of this fight will be on my slip come come Saturday or uh, the 15th. No, no part of this fight will be there. I think you can make a real argument that um, Maximov should be 0-3 in the UFC. I thought, yeah. the, I thought the Brundage win was a gift. Um, he got the split decision nod over Puna and then got choked out by Petrosky. So you can make a real argument that he should be 0 and 3, um, which would keep the Dana White contender series fade alive. Um, <laughs> Malkoon, much will be made about his teaching and coaching, right? Because if I'm not mistaken, he is the jujitsu coach um, at the same gym that, that Whitaker trains out of. Yep. And I think anybody that's coached at any level will say that when you do coach, you see the game a little bit differently than somebody that's just strictly competing. Um, I think that the cerebral nature of Malkoon um, was showcased and is not in the Brendan Allen fight, but in his fight previous, um, if I'm not mistaken, which was the AJ Dobson fight and the Abdul Razak Al Hassan fight. He made the adjustments necessary to fight guys that were stylistically not great for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he can get this done. I'm, I'm going to go opposite side here. I'm not on the Maximov thing. I think Maximov could theoretically be 0-4 in the UFC. I'm going to take Malkoon. Um, I, I understand the idea of the market reacting based on the Petrosky fight, but I'm going to go Malkoon here. I'm gonna, I think both of these guys are getting a little bit too much love and a little too disrespected based on their last fights. Um, I mean, but being near pick of money, I don't see the value in playing in either one what should be a rather even fight. So for that, I pass. So, um, let me see. Hold on a second here. Um, I'm going to prelude this next fight in, uh, and I'll let one of you guys talk about it while I answer this call from my loving wife who's walking across a dark parking lot late at night. Uh, let's see here. The next fight on the main car or on the prelims, you're looking at what? Where did it go? Losing my, we got too many tabs open here, man. Falling apart. Melsic Bagdasarian taking on Yo Anderson Brito. Brito at 13 and 3. Bagdasarian at 7 and 1. Michael, why don't you lead us off here, man? Yeah, sure. Uh, unfortunately, Melsic Bagdasarian had to pull out of the fight. So Brito doesn't, have, a great fight. doesn't have an opponent right now. That's right. You're right. Did so they do we do a replacement or no? Do we want to skip Not it? Not yet. No. All right. Let's skip it. Let's go to the next one. Look, you're right. Bet Brito, if he's fighting, bet Brito. 
yeah. against the, against last minute replacement, bet him. All right, Mike Jackson, Pete Rodriguez, then. Uh, oh, thank you. I've been waiting for this one. All right, Mike Rodriguez couldn't win a fight <laughs> in the Walmart parking lot. This guy, or Mike, whatever the hell his name is, Mike Jackson Mike couldn't Jackson. win a fight in the Walmart parking lot. This guy is terrible, awful. Meanwhile, Pete Rodriguez is also very bad at fighting. The thing Pete Rodriguez has going for him is the guy actually has pretty good wild power in the first round. Pete Rodriguez loses when he fights a professional fighter, when he fights a guy that knows how to win in an octagon, not out back by the dumpsters. Mike Jackson couldn't win anywhere this fight takes place. Pete Rodriguez is a minus 660, 700 for a reason. You're playing this in two spots. You're taking Rodriguez as a third leg of a parlay to cut the price down to closer to even, or you're taking Rodriguez first round KO. I like both of those options. Mike Jackson, I, I don't want anyone to get hurt in the UFC, but if, if something bad happens, I wouldn't be surprised. Mike Jackson is that bad. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you, Michael, but let me just, just – let me – the fact that Pete Rodriguez is a minus 670 over anyone is wrong, but it's also an indication of what you're saying with how bad Mike Jackson is. So the price point, you're, you're going to see it. Pete Rodriguez does not deserve to be a 670. 70 600 whatever have you wherever you're shopping around against anybody not named mike jackson <laughs> yes, exactly. because of that, that that that's really how the fight should be broken down and like it's one of those things yeah like and i i i, I definitely expect the price to actually um come down on rodriguez a lot of those yachting the greeks out there look at height look at reach look at value um contrary to who should win the fight when pick the fighter who you think is going to win then find the value that's beside the point. It's a whole other conversation. But because of those Yanni the Greeks out there, I do expect the price to come down a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm with Michael. Pete Rodriguez, round one KO. That's the fight. Rodriguez fights very aggressively. He's a little muscle hamster at 170. I expect him to bull rush in, head down Mike Tyson style, throw a big left hook, knock Jackson's ass down on the mat, and get it done in round one. Muscle hamster, huh? Okay. Oh yeah, Doug Martin, the old Tampa Bay running back. Yeah, I mean, I just haven't heard anybody say muscle hamster in a long time, <laughs> man. Um, so under one and a half, the minus one ninety five, minus one ninety six, minus two hundred spot. I mean, do you want to just buy yourself the half round? No, I'm, I'm taking Rodriguez in round one. I, I this is. You know what? If Mike Jackson screws me and somehow survives five minutes, then good for him. But this guy's getting knocked out cold quickly. Rodriguez is, if I'm not mistaken, his only knockout wins have come inside of round one. This fight is tailor-made for him to end it quickly. Interesting. So let me let, let me just let me play the advocate here. All right, because um, sometimes I mean you, you, we can allow disdain to kind of ruin things for us right um they can kind of get in the way a lot of people don't like mike jackson because they think he shouldn't be there um what what if i what if i tell you this what if i what if i paint the picture like this what if i tell you to buy the extra two and a half minutes and then parlay that under one and a half with the alonzo menafield money line and get yourself at plus 125 Unfortunately, our book doesn't allow it. If your book allows it, that I like a lot more. Oh, yeah, you have a book that doesn't do props and money lines. Can't parlay props. Mm. We have to drive down to Illinois to do that. Mm. Okay, well, that that's a sharp play right there. I like that one a ton. Okay, yeah, that that will be the one that shows up on my slip, um, yeah. just because 
Mike Jackson, one of the he's very self aware, right? Like he knows that nobody likes him. He knows <laughs> that he's hated, and he every fight that he's in, he's at like at, at these odds. Like this is the odds that that are placed on him, and that little weirdo finds ways to win fights, man. He finds <laughs> ways, dude. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Uh, I'm going to take the extra. I'm going to, I'm just going to take the extra two and a half minutes. I'm just, yeah, gonna, if you can, if you can get that, I think that's a really sharp play. Yeah. I think that's, I think I'll just sit with that plus 125 on that. I think that's just the, the way to do it. Um, all right. Mana Martinez at nine and three. Brandon Davis at 14 and nine. This fight's still on, right? I know Brandon Davis is a little bit of a pull art, pull out artist at times, but here he is. Plus 125, Mana Martinez at a minus 160. Over on around is at two and a half. Um, dude, like Brandon Davis is kind of like, uh, I mean, white Mike Davis, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. For, la- for lack of a better way to put it, he's white Mike Davis. Like he just, like one of those dudes that seems to have all the talent right like he can have all the talent in the world mm-hmm. um but he just can't find a way to not get into a weird wild brawl that he ends up on the wrong side of so does he make the adjustment like uh his counterpart and come in with with some some high fight iq and get a win over here over amanda martinez who is another guy who's not who's like the antithesis of that he doesn't really make a lot of mistakes he he stays pretty in his pocket stays in his lane and does what he needs to do to win fights i mean did, can can Davis make this ugly enough, or can he? Is his good execution better than the good execution of Mana Martinez? What do you think? I, I think this comes down to, and I, I, I hate using previous injury as as a handicap marker because you never know how people recover physically. Some people can recover from an injury and be completely okay. Other people recover from an injury and they're never the same again. But the way you beat Martinez is with footwork and with movement and don't let him trap you in a corner. If you can do that, you can beat Martinez. I don't think Brandon Davis, with his ACL history, the guy fought on a torn ACL for over a year because he couldn't afford surgery. That knee's not the same. I tore my meniscus nine years ago, and I'm still not the same. Now, I got beer and bad food, probably put a little too much weight on me. But I don't think Brandon Davis has the footwork and the movement and the technical ability to dance around Martinez. Martinez is going to cut the cage. He's going to work combinations. And Brandon Davis will have moments, but I think Martinez has taken this one home. Mm-hmm. Joe, how do you yeah. see it? And I, I, I'm with him on that. Um, I mean, I like Van Martinez. I think he's a he's a guy that, like you were saying, stays with himself. He seems like a nice, crisp, tight boxer. He, he, he's fast. He's explosive. He was getting his ass whooped for two rounds. And he, he came back in the third round. He was listening to his coaches, and he showed an ability to battle back. Um, it shows a dog in him. I think he fights um, with, with a youthful exuberance, exuberance um, which is both good and bad. And I think in this fight, it's going to be good. And also, real quick, with the Brennan Davis ACL thing, outside of Spencer Lee and Iowa wrestler 125, I don't know a single athlete – that can successfully compete with no ACL. And Brandon Davis, I know, is no Spencer Lee. And even though he has his ACL repaired, uh, I like Mana Martinez. Dude, Heinz Ward, Hall of Fame wild re- or wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, no ACLs. Yeah, two of them, gone. Born without ACLs. 
Well, that's one of those things. If you're born with a uh, an impairment, you got <laughs> you got to learn. We're going back to ask for Askarov now. That, so this so exactly, is exactly. the walk of the night. Then okay, fair enough. That, exactly. Now, we, now we've got it. Okay. Yeah, dude's a Hall of Fame wide receiver with no ACLs, man. Best receiver blocker of all time. Yeah, he that dude was. Oh yeah, chaos, man. Absolute chaos. Um, I'm I'm torn on this fight to be to be 100 honest with you. Um, if you look at Brandon Davis, I, I can't help but wonder, right? Because Davis is out of ATT. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help but wonder if you look at the losses that that Brandon Davis has versus his wins. I can't help but wonder if Davis is one of those guys that left his best in the gym, right? That, that like the best that Brandon Davis ever has, has been in the gym because who, who he's lost to inside the octagon, Kyle Bosniak, Enrique Barzola, Zabit, Kung Yo Kang, Giga, you know, deny um, he's lost to killers. Right. And he he's beaten He's beaten everybody that's not a killer. Um, and I, I just can't help but wonder that when he when he reaches that level of execution of fight IQ, he just can't get it done. Right? Like his only wins inside the octagon are against softer than duck shit Randy Costa and <laughs> Steven Peterson. That's it. So I, I just wonder. If if he has it in him to beat a guy like Mana Martinez who just comes out and you know exactly what you're gonna get, right? Like if he just comes out and executes and just stays in his lane, he's gonna he's gonna win the fight. I don't think that Mana's anywhere near the caliber of anybody that Brandon Davis has lost to. Um, but what I see is that Brandon Davis really just can't beat anybody that's super that isn't super soft or isn't on the regional scene. And I think that Mana Martinez is an actual UFC level talent. So I'm going to lean on him at the minus 160. I'm leaning Martinez here, but I would not be surprised if if Brandon Davis can get a win. I'm just going to lean Martinez though to minus 160. Yeah, I think it's yeah, a clear cut one, one unit play. Yeah. On him. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't go I would not go crazy. This isn't a parlay piece. I'm not anchoring <laughs> anything with this. We, we this is this is a stay you know kind of stay away for me. All right, uh, CJ Vergara taking on Tatsuro Tyra Tyra at eleven and zero, taking on CJ Vergara at ten and three. If you ever see the video of this, I realize that I spelled Vergara's name wrong. So I don't need you to send me a message telling me that I spelled his name wrong. I know that I spelled it wrong. If I can find it on the thing, which I can't, so it doesn't freaking matter anyway. Um, yeah, right here. Okay. Regard uh, at a plus 195, Tyra at a minus 230, over and around at two and a half. Michael, I'm going to ask you outright. Is that I, I think we're getting a lot of love on Tyra here. This, I don't know if my man should be a minus 230 here. What do you think? No, that's exactly what I'm looking at. CJ Vergara is one of the biggest dogs in the UFC. This guy fights angry. This guy fights aggressive. And this guy fights with great cardio and pressure. He turns it up in round three. Think back to Charles Jordan fight against Shane Burgos where he came out like an animal in round three. That's how Vagara fights too. Tagoshi Taria, the dude's skilled as hell. He's a good wrestler, slick jujitsu, and his hands impressed me. But this is his second UFC fight, and the only guy he's beat is Carlos Candelario. We need to stop that freight train or at least slow it down a little bit. That hype is getting a bit out of control. I don't like Vagara enough to bet the dog. 
but I don't trust Tiara to go shoot Tiara enough to put him in a parlay. I got a really sneaky big plus money play that I like in this one. I like a quarter unit. Joe hates this play. I like it because it's going to be plus big money. I like fight ends by split decision. CJ Vergara is known to come out hot, heavy, and angry in round three. And to Tiara and Vergara, it's going to have some wild exchanges. I can see some wonky judging. Give me a quarter unit on fight to go in split decision, and I don't care who wins. Okay. The reason why I don't like to play, I don't like playing the lottery. Um, so <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like that play. I don't, I, I'm not going to fight you on the logic, but it's one of those things. It's just that's not my cup of tea. Some people like that. You get, I mean, you get massive plus numbers. That's just not what I like to do. This fight, I mean, Michael definitely alluded to it. it, it it's, it's, a, it's a difficult price um, on, the, uh, 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 on the fight. Tara, he's too big of a favorite. Bagara, kind of want a little more than plus 195, to be quite frank. It's a tough price point for me to attack. I'm going to throw some theoretical um, price points out there. I'm hoping a double chance submission decision, Tara, um, is under 170, 170 or under. If I can get 170 or under on that, a double chance submission decision, Tara, I really like. If I can't get that, it's probably it's probably an over, and hopefully Tara does, does not get a submission. I don't think Vergara has enough skills to get the finish. Um, he fights angry. He fights aggressively. But I don't know if he has enough skills to get the finish. Tara, he's too big of a price point to include in a parlay for me not trusting his skill set. I don't quite know where he fits in the UFC in terms of where he lands in the division. I like double chance submission decision. Tara, it, that is 170 or lower. Bet it. If it's over 170, I'm going to attack the over in this fight. Hmm. It's an interesting play. It's an interesting play. So it's an interesting way to approach it. I I would. I I don't think we've seen. I, to your point about not seeing enough out of Tara, I I think that's why you play Vergara, and I think you I think that's why you can justify a sprinkle uh, by Vergara by TKO or KO or even. I mean, I don't think he's going to submit him. I think you could sprinkle Vergara by TKO. I, I think if you're on the Tara side of it, gosh, these guys are super stupidly similar names. Um, <laughs> C, we'll go with C, CJ. Uh, and so if if you're on the Tara side of it, I think you take them by sub. Um, get you know, like John Annick said last weekend, pull out your testicles. <laughs> take them by sub. Right, eight wins at, uh, inside the distance as a professional, five of which have come via submission um even more so submission wins as an amateur the guy wants to he wants to try to sub you that's his path to victory right i mean his tkos are ground and pound tkos they're coming from tr- him searching for the submission so that's where he's going to go so i i mean tara tyra whatever you want to call it um under one and a half um tyra by sub is an interesting t- baby sprinkle but I will not discount the dog in CJ Vergara. I will not discount the uh, Modelo brood for those with a fighting spirit <laughs> of, of Latin American History Month. I'm going to lean Vergara. Small unit play, probably half a unit on my man, on my man CJ. Plus 200. Half unit, get two back. Why not? Let her rip. I mean, come on. Let, I'm just... I gotta play some plus money, right? I can't sit yeah. here. I can't rock chalk Jayhawk all night, man. I, I gotta play some plus money. Um, I think I think you're on. I think it's interesting though your idea of the sub 
decision uh, double chance yeah. is, is, a, is a good is an interesting play as well. I'll be honest. I mean, obviously, you don't want to toot your own horn. Michael and I have had success in the double chance. If you can pick a favorite that you feel, I mean, this this fight's maybe not the prime example if you feel confident in the two thirty favorite, two fifty favorite winning. But if you can find a favorite around that two hundred threshold and negate one of the methods of victory, the double chance has proved dividend for us. Yeah. Um, and so there is some track record in, in in that regard. But you have to you have to look at the price points. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things. One of my favorite yeah. one of my favorite props that they offer now is the TKO sub prop. It doesn't mm-hmm. even yeah. have to be the inside the distance, like just the TKO sub prop. Thank you for that. I mean, that's just yeah, you're getting it at a minus money, but dude, I mean, how much? Like, you know, it's like when any, like anything, are you betting football games and you're you're just parlaying minus three and four hundred favorites together? You know, within reason, you're going to get burned every once in a while, but dude, you take a person with like a seventy five percent or above finish rate and you allow me to choose both methods of finishing fights and give it to me at minus 160 minus 185 yeah i'm steaming that up i'm pl- i'm i'm throwing unis down we're, we're gonna make it happen so i'm right um all right i think we got one fight left man that's it and it's a women's fight if i'm not mistaken we got sam hughes yeah that's the last one yep yeah sam hughes and Piero rodriguez rodriguez at eight and no sam hughes at seven and four Beware of the Sam Page plus money. Sam Hughes plus one fundfifty on Rodriguez minus one ninety. Fun fact: We have not picked a Rodriguez to win. Yeah, oh yeah, we. Did. I'm sorry, we picked Pete Rodriguez. So we three Rodriguez is on the card. We've only picked one winner. Michael, are we going to pick another Rodriguez to win on this Saturday? Is low this is low level women's MMA. It's a personal, mm. it's a pass for me. Um, in fact, there's a couple of fights on here where I gave you a pick. I gave you a side that I'm actually going to pass on. Check the Twitter. We, we give out our official plays, but Joe and I, we were born and raised to be degenerates. We drink, we gamble, we have a good time. That's what we do in life. So I'm not going to say a pass. This is one of those fights where I, I'm, I don't want to watch it happen. I'm not going to – this is the perfect fight to go grab beer, go take a piss, go do something because you don't want to watch it. I'm taking a quarter unit on Sam Hughes. I'm taking the underdog theory at Punch List MMA. We're here for a reason. But the actual handicap is that both women are very average. Neither woman should be a minus 200. Sam Hughes' path to victory is to control the clinch. That's what she can do a slightly better job of than Piera Rodriguez. And I think we're going to see a lot of clinch control in this fight. If that happens, Sam Hughes wins, gets a W here. Yeah. What you got, Joe? Yeah. All I know is whoever is managing Piero Rodriguez, who I want to manage me as a fighter, so the fact that she's eight and zero is yeah. just is just insane. I mean, I don't know who she's fighting. I don't know if she's going to the the local nursing home or whatnot. But um, in the, in this fight, it's low level women's MMA. I mean, you hear it time and time again. It's 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 a look for the go the distance and and bet the dog as as sprinkling on um sprinkle on the dog and bet the goes the distance. Neither women I'm not, I'm not excited over. Um, hell, I'm not sure if uh, your book allows same game parlays in uh, in, in UFC, but if you want to do uh, Hughes in in decision or Hughes by decision rather for method, I like that play. Um, increase that price point on Hughes, make that half unit sprinkle a little bit better payout Hughes by decision is probably where I'm going. Yeah. I just, my, my concern with Sam Hughes is she's really good at getting beat up, right? Like she, <laughs> yeah. like, like she's just really good at getting beat up and winning fights still. Um, so 
I, I agree. Pierre Rodriguez win over K Hansen is not something that I'm like really taking to the bank. Like, Oh man, got that win over K. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to just the better women's underdog, just sure. You know, surefire D gen status. I'll just go ahead and play her. Um, that being said, I think Rodriguez is a more justifiable minus 190 than Alexa Grosso is. Sure. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I don't think any woman is justified at that price, but I think you make a stronger argument for Rodriguez being better at that price than you do Alexa Grosso. So I'll, I'll play Sam Hughes as well. Um, just cause I just love betting women's underdogs and it's profitable. So I'll continue to do it until proven otherwise or broke one of the two. So, all right, let's run through these real quick. Just not official plays, not nothing crazy. We don't, you know, no breakdown needed. Just initial lean on how you feel, win or lose, and that's it. Okay. All right. Tudorovic, Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright. I'll go Jordan Wright. Oh, you guys are wild. I'm on Tudorovic. All right. Uh, Maximov and Malkoon. Maximov. I said Maximov in the video, but Dale, you, you convinced me. I'm, I'm changing it. Flipper different. I'm doing Malkoon. Malkoon as well. All right, yes, Victor sense. Henry, Hoffa, Sunsell. A Sunsell. Too good, too good a plus money. Mm. Henry. I'm on Henry as well. Rodriguez and Mike Jackson. Rodriguez, round one murder. <laughs> Pencil me for the same thing. Yeah, I'll go Rodriguez as well. Brandon Davis, Mana Martinez. Mana Martinez. Mana. I'm on Mana as well. CJ Vergara, Tatsura Tyra. I'm picking a side. I'm taking Tyra, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Tyra. Tyra. All right. I'm on I'm CJ on Vergara. And then we're taking Pierre Rodriguez, Sam Hughes. Women's underdog MMA. Sam Hughes. I need a beer saying this. I'll take Sam Hughes. I'll take Sam Hughes <laughs> as well. Uh, Neil Magny, Daniel Rodriguez. <clears throat> Drown him. Neil Magny. Neil Magny. Baby. Magny. Yeah, here it is. Asker Askarov, Brandon Royval. Asker Askarov in a WrestleFest. Mm. Oh, yeah, 100%. Askarov. Askarov as well. And then Jonathan Martinez, Cub Swanson. Cubby. That's right. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the left leg in Martinez. <laughs> I'll take Cub. Misha Serkinov, Alonzo Menafield. Alonzo Menafield early. Menafield. I'm on Menafield as well. Alexa Grosso, Vivian Arajal. Most important bet on the card. We got beer on the line. Give me the underdog, Arajal. Yeah, I'll repeat what I said. Grosso decision and Rajo inside the distance, but singular fighter, I'll take Grosso. All right, there it is. All right, as always, uh, plays will be made official. You guys post yours on Twitter, correct? Absolutely. Yep. You post yours on Twitter uh, before the event. Mine go up on Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, you can download the show everywhere, and then YouTube is – I'm locked out of YouTube currently, so maybe it'll show up. Maybe it won't. Anyway, as far as you gentlemen are concerned, where can people find you at? What do you do? All that kind of good stuff. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Pound the Line, same handle on YouTube. Uh, Joe and I talk about it. I'm an English teacher, so clearly I have a lot of time in my hands to post and tweet because I don't do a whole lot on the weekends or after 3 p.m. Uh, so you can find us on there. We love to interact with everybody. Uh, we want to hear your comments, whether you hate us, whether you love us, talk to us all about that debate and that conversation. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just give a little quick, we, this, this originated in a graduate capstone of mine. Uh, we, we did a, a lot more in, in depth, but really pound the lines, the, the logo originated in school. And we sort of took that 
philosophy and, and applied it with our uh, childhood betting um, understanding. And, and that's where this uh, originated. So um, trying to grow the channel, uh, YouTube, Twitter primarily. And uh, yeah, follow us. We do got to give a shout out. We do got to give a shout out to our dad because if it wasn't for our dad, we would not be gambling. We've been gambling since before we could completely talk. <laughs> is, <laughs> is, is that, is your dad a gambler or did your dad just like not do the pullout game and that was the gamble he took? <laughs> I don't know about the second one. That That's a story for the, uh, for the deathbed, but uh, let's just say that he has a good relationship with a couple of number guys. In hey, hey, yeah. I know a guy. We always, yeah, he taught us the, the, the major thing, two things. One, whatever bet you make, I don't care what it is, whether the bar or not, you pay your bet. If you lose, you pay your bet. Number two, we view betting as a, as a form of payment for fun. If you're paying X dollars for a Y period of time for fun, if you win, you win, but never, never risk more than you're willing to pay. So those are the two, two philosophies that we follow. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Joe, let me ask you something real quick. Last week's show when we had Rob Pozzola on and he was talking about creating math, uh, mathematical models in order to help predict, predict uh, NFL spread and stuff like that. Is this something you've dabbled in? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I did a, a, <laughs> for fun, for fun in summertime, I did a, a daily fantasy for baseball mm -hmm. uh, model incorporated weather and whatnot model worked in terms of it output of data. Did I win money on it? No. Um, actually I built, Kind of, I need to update it. I built a UFC. I have a lot of, we have a lot of theories out there. One's Dana White contender series first fight. Um, one's first fight, non Dana White contender series. We have a lot of data points um, dating back to 2021. Need to input that. And then we can build a regression model off of that and see which over the course of a long haul, what's going to pay dividend. Um, just like Caucasus Warriors, the Russians, their, their win rate compared to um, fighters out of the Asian descent, Canadians, et cetera. Um, those are sort of, sort of data points that we're building um, for UFC. Bro, when do when you let nerdy guys just like nerd out for a minute, man? They roll, <laughs> man. You're like data points and yeah. regression models, bro. You were in it there for a second. Yeah. Do you remember oh, anything yeah. you said? You look like you blacked out for a minute. Were you good? Uh, oh, I'm sure I, I probably talked everyone's ear off that's in my life about this thing. Uh, but yeah, that's absolutely, good. absolutely love anything deal doing. With, I did a my undergraduate thesis. I did like deriving the elasticity of demand for sports gambling, and my graduate capstone was on sports gambling. So that is not that, that's not an like indicative of how much we love this stuff and how much we are in it. I don't know what is. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed our interactions over the course of the, the last year or so. And this was a long time overdue. It's always interesting. It's difficult, you know, when it was a two man, two man thing, it's difficult to get four, four heads, four voices, you know, four opinions going on a show. Um, but, you know, obviously we were able to make it work with three and then I look forward to doing some some stuff with you guys here in the future. If there's anything, as always, if there's anything I can do to help you out, please let me know. I'll be happy to do so. I encourage everybody um, that wants opinions and ideas that are just a little bit off the beaten path, but also know what the hell they're talking about. You guys, you know, people that listen to the show, you've now had an hour and 50 minutes to get a generalized feel, a sample size, if you will, of what Joe and Michael offer. Um, you know, you get to try it out, right? It's like the free trial. You got to try it out. <laughs> I encourage, if nothing else, go give them a follow and, and see what they have to offer, right? I mean, it, it doesn't hurt anything to hit that follow button. It doesn't hurt anything to leave that review, that like, that thumbs up, that subscribe. Hell, there's a lot of channels I subscribe to that I never watch the videos from, but I will appreciate, enjoy, and support channels by just giving that basic thumbs up 
that basic subscription. If you are a content creator or have never made content, cre uh, created any sort of content, it goes a long way. And it means a lot when somebody interacts with your stuff. So um, to see you guys not only reach out oh so many months ago and say, hey, do you think we can do this? And saying, yeah, you should do this. And now you've got your own thing and you're and you're letting it rock and you're doing well and you're successful at it. Um, I, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm tickled. I'm, I'm over the moon for you guys. And I appreciate um, your contribution to the space. The MMA betting space is still very young. You can blaze whatever trail you want. I think you guys are off to a hell of a start. So keep doing what you're doing. Everybody listens to my show. Please listen to their show. And real quick, I just want to give a shout out before I cut you guys loose. Everybody that listened to this, this last week's episode, um, let me pull this up real quick. I just want to give a shout out where I can to those who listened. Um, I don't know if you, we'll talk off off channel about your guys' platform that you, you host on and all that kind of stuff. But um, analytics based on this last episode, those of you that listened, I want to give a shout out to the top countries. Obviously, the U.S. and Canada holding it down strong. Australia, the U.K., New Zealand, South Africa, Sweden, Germany, India, France, Spain, China, Belgium, Italy, Mexico, Norway, Czech Republic, Austria, the Philippines, Bulgaria, and a few others. You guys get your, your numbers up, and I'll shout you out. Outside of that, thanks for the top 15 there that did do something. I appreciate you guys a great deal. Everybody follow Joe and Michael on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Appreciate you guys. We'll see everybody. Um, shit, I won't be back till the after this one. So be good to each other. We'll Big see you then. <laughs> hey, thanks for having us on the show tonight was a blast. And uh, like I said, at the beginning, you're the one who got us into the space. This is a Absolutely. huge honor having us on the show. Love being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man.